This is the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast with Charlie Badwini. I hate this team. I hate them. I hate them! This is the second time in, in three games where Zach's taken a beating back there. I mean, I think he was hit eight times, and several of those hits were, you know, kind of the really vicious ones. What needs to change? Because it's kind of hard to see him staying healthy this entire season if he keeps getting beat up like that. Yeah, I mean, he's got to learn. This is the NFL. you got to get the ball out. You can't hold on to it and try and make a play and throw it deep downfield. So, uh, and we got to protect him better. You know, it starts with us up front. Um, so we got to get on the same page. I thought we were better today with our communication for the most part. There's always going to be a few plays here and there that you want to clean up. Um, some different looks. You know, they didn't really pressure too much. Um, but when they did, they were successful. And that's the kind of things that you need to stop. But you also can't be in third and 10 and third and eight and expect to convert all those. I know we weren't very good on third down today. And it starts with getting in third and manageable. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Badweenie. This is your number one stop for all things Jets content and news. Yesterday, the Jets, you know, uh, tried to play a football game. Didn't go too well for them. Losing to the Broncos in Denver, 26-0, getting shut out. Zach Wilson, 19-35 of for 160 yards. No touchdowns, two interceptions, sacked five times for a loss of 41 yards. Quinton Williams had a sack and a half, but other than that, it was just absolutely mind-boggling how pitiful the Jets looked yesterday as a team, as a whole, Offense completely anemic, could barely even get into field goal range, and when they did, they were committing penalties to get out of field goal range. Von Miller was in the backfield almost every single play. The pass protection was non-existent, the run game was non-existent, and whenever there was a receiver who had even a little bit of separation every every like seven, eight plays, it was probably a drop. If only the Jets had a six foot three receiver who could run a four three who had such a wide catch radius that you know maybe he could just maybe come down with a ball every once in a while, but you know. He doesn't know your playbook that is incredibly bland and clearly does not work. So why not just throw the goddamn playbook out and give him a chance? Because the offense isn't gonna do anything else anyway. It's disgraceful. Just absolutely disgraceful. You might have heard at the beginning of the pod, I played a clip of our right guard, Greg Van Roten, who is a human turnstile, talk about how Zach needs to learn to get the ball out faster. Well, listen up, Greg. That is your rookie quarterback you're talking about after his third NFL start. Why are you taking this public? Why are you saying this out loud for everybody else to hear? Why aren't you talking to him about this behind closed doors? Not not putting the putting some blame on him right out of the gate. Cause you know, it seems to me that maybe Zach could get the ball out a little bit faster if he had time to throw. Cause watching the game yesterday, Zach does not have to have the time to throw. Sure, I agree with you. Maybe he can get the ball out faster. But is that a hundred percent on the quarterback? Or is, the, is it a factor from the offensive line giving him some time? Is it a factor of his receivers and other playmakers 
getting little to no separation, and then when they do, dropping the damn ball. Or no, wait, I've got another one. How about your rookie offensive coordinator who clearly doesn't understand how to scheme properly for a first-year quarterback who is lacking in the department of talent around him and weapons around him? Maybe make things a little bit easier for him. But no. They just continue to throw Wilson out there, continuing to expect him to just take his lumps and continue to improve as he goes on. Nobody, not one quarterback in football, past or present, I don't care if it's Dan Marino, Peyton Manning back there, nobody can, could, could, could succeed in an offense like this. Run game, non-existent, no help there. Can't open up some play action to get Zach some time, maybe trick the defense a little bit. They run one jet sweep yesterday. Elijah Moore gets hurt on it. Concussed. It's just absolutely, just can't make this shit up, man. Even the defense, that's usually the bright spot. These past two games have been something you can lean on. They couldn't get off the goddamn field. Our young corners were pretty exposed yesterday by Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and Teddy Two Gloves. Just overall, a very ugly day for the Jets, and personally, I don't even want to go through the game recap because there is nothing to recap. The Jets lost horribly and embarrassingly yesterday in Denver at Mile High. There's nothing else to say about it. They just were completely dominated on both sides of the ball. So what are we looking at now? The Jets are now off to their third consecutive 0-3 start in the last three years. They continue to disappoint the city of New York and their fans playing anemic, boneheaded, uninspiring football. The Jets have 15 games with single-digit points since 2016. In the most offensively biased league in NFL history, they have failed to go over double-digit points 15 times in the last five years. Now, I would say it's way too early in this Sala era to start looking at the coach. I mean, it's his first time being a head coach in football. You know, he needs some time to learn learn how to coach these games. Maybe, maybe I don't I don't know what it takes to be a coach in the NFL, but there's obviously a learning curve to it. But I think it's totally fair at this point to start looking upstairs at Joe Douglas in the front office, who I personally have always been such a big supporter of, Big Joe D, Mister Mister Draft Picks, Mister Always Always Trading Back and Getting the Value. It's time to start looking at this guy and 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 looking closely at his draft decisions and free agency decisions because since he's taken over as general manager, the Jets are nine and twenty six, and even his first season wasn't exactly his team. When Mike McCagney was fired in June of 20, 2019, he had already made all the, all the draft decisions, all the free agency decisions. It, it was McCagney's team going into twenty nineteen, and the Jets went seven and nine. Joe Douglas' first free agency, first draft was 2020, and they went 2-14. and 14. Now they're 0-3. So if you really want to really speak in, like, completely honest, Joe Douglas' Jets are 2-17 and 17 in their last 19 games. Let's just rewind real quick. Let's go back to the Jets' 2020 draft class real quick, right? First round pick, offensive tackle Makai Becton, who has the potential to be a franchise left tackle, Always injured, currently on injured reserve, probably not coming back until end of November, beginning of December. Second round pick, wide receiver Denzel Mims. Healthy scratch last two games of this regular season. Two third round picks, 
First, first one, safety Ashton Davis, currently on injured reserve, hasn't played football since December 2020. Other third-round pick, defensive lineman Jabari Zuniga, currently on the practice squad. Fourth-round pick, running back LaMichael P. Ryan. Although the Jets like to call him uh, inactive, he's, he's currently still hurt. I, I have it on, on pretty good terms that he is also a healthy scratch. Quarterback James Morgan, also a fourth-round pick on the Panthers practice squad. Fourth-round pick, offensive lineman Cam Clark, currently on injured reserve. Sixth-round pick, punter Braden Mann, currently on injured reserve, but he looks like he's going to be a good punter in the league. That's eight draft picks, none of which played a snap for the Jets yesterday, or the week before for that matter. Now, it's not completely fair to look at the 2021 draft class just yet because they've all only played three games so far, but how do you make the decision to draft a rookie quarterback second overall and not make any bigger splashes to help him out. I understand that you brought in Corey Davis. I understand you drafted another offensive tackle or offensive lineman in this in, with your second first round pick in this past year's draft. But the offensive line is still horrendous. The receiving options are clearly not up to snuff for a, an NFL quarterback. The tight end room, which is supposed to be a safety blanket for a rookie quarterback, completely empty. Wilson's throwing to Tyler Croft and Ryan Griffin, who are both on the north side of 28, and are unathletic at all. Speaking speaking of the tight ends, wh- why do the Jets continue to run these jumbo sets with two, three tight ends when they don't have the bodies for it? It doesn't make any sense. They, they obviously can't pass protect, so why even bother? You're basically just selling out your offense, showing the defense your hand, and saying, we're, we're, we're keeping six guys back here, and you're still going to get to our quarterback, because we can't do shit about it. The one possibly talented tight end the Jets had was traded after the preseason, Chris Herndon, over to the Minnesota Vikings. Now, uh, to be fair, he hasn't played a, he hasn't caught a single ball for the Vikings, but regardless, maybe he could have done something in this offense after spending a whole offseason learning the playbook, learning the offense, being part of this, building some chemistry with Zach. The only talented tight end we had, we traded for a fourth-round pick. The lack of competence is starting to show through the cracks for Joe Douglas, and I'm such a I, I was such a big supporter of him, and I, it's it's slowly starting to turn because the the personnel decisions are are not adding up anymore. They're just not. Circling back to the record, the Jets are 0 three, like I mentioned earlier, and I don't know when they're going to pick up their first win of the season. Next week they have a date with the Titans, who look look like a legitimate football team. They're well coached on both sides of the ball. The week after in London against the Falcons. Who knows, maybe they can get a win there, but they were able to beat the Giants yesterday. A home game, or excuse me, going to New England to play the Patriots in Foxborough. That's a death sentence. At home against the Bengals, who just beat the Steelers yesterday. In, in, in Indianapolis against the Colts. Home against the Bills. Home against the Dolphins. At Houston Texans. So maybe, maybe if you want to give them the Texans game and the Falcons game, they're 2-9 and nine by the end of November. Because... Unless this team somehow is able to pull it together, maybe improve over the next couple of weeks, I don't see them winning more than two or three games this year. And that's that's pretty much it. I'm done. I don't. I, I I'm sorry. I'm gonna end this here. I, I it's depressing to talk about this, and I I don't I don't know if I'm gonna be ready to watch another Jets football game next weekend. That's a lie. Of course, I'm gonna watch because I love torturing myself. Thank you for tuning in and I'll talk to you again soon. I don't know.
You've been listening to The Breath of Fresh Jets with Charlie Bedweaver.